Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm KW Taylor. This week, we're talking all about TV shows, including the new Prime series, The Legend of Vox Machina, the Apple Plus series, Severance, and the ABC series, Big Sky. So yeah, lots of TV watching in our lives lately. Yes, yes. I think that's partly because of the the weather keeps going up and down. So like on the cold days, I'm still inside a lot. Yes, same. But yeah, I've, I've been curious about the legend of Vox Machina. So tell me all about it. Sure. This is a show on Amazon Prime. And the whole first season of 12 episodes is out. It's a cartoon. And it's based on the first campaign of the Dungeons and Dragons show Critical Role. So you don't have to know anything about that. I actually came in on campaign two, so I'm not that familiar with the Vox Machina characters. And I'm able to follow it fine. I do think there are some long-standing jokes and callbacks that you won't catch if you haven't watched the show, but it doesn't, I don't think it diminishes the viewing experience if you don't catch some of that stuff. Okay. So it's basically D&D in cartoon form. (laughs) (laughs) You have a group of characters called Vox Machina, and they are mercenaries, and they get hired. It, it takes place in a campaign setting created by Matthew Mercer. So the, the continent is called Tal'Dorei. And they get hired by the Tal'Dorei Council to go after this monster who is terrorizing a village. And when they get there, they realize it's a dragon. And they're kind of like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, it it just kind of keeps going from there like the dragon doesn't take that long i i, I don't think that's a spoiler dragon doesn't take that long <laughs> to deal with uh-huh. and then the ruler of Taldore, um uriel invites them to a banquet and things kind of spiral from there because one of the characters percy played by talus and jaffe he runs into enemies from his past named the Briarwoods, who I don't know how much I want to tell you about them, but they basically dethroned his family in a town called Whitestone and killed his whole family. And he's the only survivor. So he wants to get revenge on them. And he's trying to like pull his friends into helping him with that. And then, yeah, it's, I mean, it's based on a, D&D campaign, so everything sort of runs into the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm about halfway done. I haven't finished the series. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it's sort of there's a specialized target audience. Like if you <laughs> you don't have to know about D&D, but I think if you do, it helps a little bit. Mm-hmm. And obviously like this is just a very nerdy show so like my parents aren't gonna be the target audience you know yeah 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 (laughs) but it's a half hour show i don't know if i said that already 
But it is an adult cartoon. There's lots of violence. There's lots of cursing. There's some sexual content. So don't watch it with kids if, you, if anyone's <laughs> out there thinking this is a nice kitty show for D&D. It's not. Okay. <laughs> and so the cast, the main cast is the cast of Critical Role because they are all voice actors. So Laura Bailey plays Vexalia who is a half-elf ranger, and she and her brother, Vaxeldam, so Vex and Vax, <laughs> they're half-elves, and they've got some parental issues, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Vax is a rogue. And then Talison Jaffe plays Percival Percy DeRolo, and he's pretty cool. He... He uses a gun, which is, you know, not a typical D&D weapon, but it's, I think they do it in a pretty cool way. Ashley Johnson plays Pike Trickfoot, who is a gnome cleric. Matthew Mercer does have a recurring character. Uh, he plays Lord Silas Briarwood. And in Critical Role, he's the dungeon master, so he plays like all of the non-player characters but he has a he plays silas briarwood in this one and then he has some other side characters like he plays he voices vex's bear companion named trinket (laughs) (laughs) so that's i mean i think trinket is pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) and then marisha ray plays keyleth of the arashari she's a half-elf druid Sam Regal plays Scanlan Shorthalt, and he's a gnome bard. And Travis Willingham plays Grog Strongjaw, who is a Goliath barbarian. <laughs> and kind of all he cares about is ale. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're I mean, they're kind of set up as like, you know, they're not the greatest mercenaries in the world. But <laughs> the council has sent their best heroes to deal with this dragon and none of them are coming back and Vox Machina could use some gold. (laughs) They could use the reward gold. So they, they go and try and everyone is surprised that they do not die (laughs) in the, (laughs) in the quest. Oh, and there are some cool guest characters. They actually, it's pretty, it's pretty loaded. They have Stephanie Beatrice as Lady Kima, Carrie Payton as Sovereign Uriel Taldore, David Tennant as General Krieg. Wow. Yeah. Indira Varma is Lady Allura. Stephen Root, Dominic oh. Monaghan. Yeah. So they've got, they've got a lot of very big names in here. Yeah. And it's, it's a quick show. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, 12 episodes of half an hour, so you can watch it in a day if you would really like. I was watching it on my lunch breaks, mm-hmm. and one time my iPad died, so I didn't get as oh, much. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get as much watched as I anticipated that night, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I, there's not a lot to say to it. It's very about it. It's very uh, straightforward, but mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. It's an it's extra fun if you like D&D, I think. <laughs> but if you don't like D&D or cartoons or fantasy stuff, I I'm not I don't think it pulls you in in any way if you don't 
like that stuff already. So yeah, yeah keep that in mind. But okay. do you have any questions? How is the animation? Because I have not seen even a preview of this. I know about it because it keeps mm-hmm. getting recommended to me on Prime, but I haven't watched a preview. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good. It's, uh, I, I don't know a lot about animation. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as Arcane. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, but I think Arcane, like, is really, it stands out for me and among animation. I think mm-hmm. that's, like, really, really good. Yeah. But it's so good. Okay. I mean, I think, I think the way they do the magic stuff is really cool. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is sort of glowy, but like mm. Scanlan's is purpley. Uh, his magic is purple, and Pike's is yellow. So I think they do some cool stuff like that. Cool, but yeah, I mean it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, I might check it out. I yeah, I've been watching a lot of kind of down tempo stuff. It might okay. be fun to get yeah. some adventure cartoons in there. Yes. Cool. I think this would be a good change of pace. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Especially because you've been watching something that looks... I've seen previews for it, and it looks really uh-huh. kind of creepy, <laughs> and I don't know if I want to watch it. <laughs> I actually... Th- I don't know. I think you might like it. So it's it's called Severance, and it's on Apple+. And it's... Like, it sort of crosses genres. It's kind of science fiction. It's kind of a psychological drama. There are things that are a little bit funny. Actually, there's there's a lot of funny moments. And it also has that sort of puzzle show thing, like, like Yellow Jackets and Lost and things like that. So there is a lot of, you know, I, I dove right into the, the communities talking about this online, and, <laughs> and it, it gets very, like, theories heavy and stuff. So, yeah. But it's full of a lot of actors who are mostly known for comedy. So there is kind of an interesting interplay there. So basically, oh, and it also has some interesting, like, kind of social theory stuff in it, because it has to do hmm. with labor and exploitation and, and some interesting things like that. So okay, to kind of get the most basic part of the premise, this is about a company called Lumen that has special departments where its workers undergo a brain surgical procedure Hmm. where (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that (laughs) well okay but their their work life and their home life are severed so they call these workers severed workers Mm -hmm. Uh, it's the severance program and so when you're at work you are what's called an innie you're in work and when you're not at work, you're called an Audi. So you're out, not at work. Okay. But you you have zero memory of what you do at work when you're at home. And when you're at work, you don't know what you did at home. You don't know anything about your own personal life. You are given the barest amount of information. You have a first name and a last initial. And you don't know anything about your life when you're at work. Wow. You're just at work. And when you're at home, you don't know what you did at work. You get activated when you arrive. There's like a special elevator. And so your innie gets activated <laughs> at work. So you know your Audi knows to go to work and knows to get ready for work and knows when to go to work and stuff. Yeah. And then when you're on that elevator, when you come home, you know to go to your own car and drive home. Okay. So our main 
protagonist is Mark, played by Adam Scott from Parks and Recreation and lots of things. And he decided to sign up for this because his wife died in a car accident and he's in extreme mourning. So his logic is, I want eight hours a day when I don't have to be sad. Mm -hmm. And he, when he's not at work, he's extremely depressed. He's just a real downbeat guy and it's understandable. Mm -hmm. And um, when he is at work, he is a little subdued, but he also is a lot happier, brighter, and he's kind of funny, and he seems to really enjoy his job, which seems incredibly menial. <laughs> so we see him both in and out of work. Um, there's some people we don't see out of work, at least not yet. There's Dylan, played by Zach Cherry, and he's he's really into company perks. And they get stupid perks, like if you do such and such, you get a waffle party, or you get an eraser, even though they don't have any pencils. So he's very into and he does dumb things like little in office bingo games and stuff and whatever. So he enjoys kind of the office culture. Mm -hmm. And he also makes dumb theories about his Audi, like, I feel really swole today. I bet I was at the gym. And he's like, (laughs) not really a gym type looking guy. So it's just silly, but he's very funny. And then there's Irving, played by John Turturro, who's a little bit older, and he is really into the, like, paternalistic mythology of the company. Hmm. He's really into talking about the founders and the CEOs and the historical CEOs. And there's a creepy place in the building where you can go look at a replica of the first CEO's house. And he's really (laughs) into it. He's very, like, reverent and kind of a tattletale and stuff. And the series starts with a new girl named Helly, played by Britt Lower. And we sort of see parts of the severance process through her eyes in the beginning, Mm -hmm. because the series starts with her waking up on a conference room table and not knowing who she is or where she is. Oh my god! So when you first get your new job there, you really just like, don't know anything. And she almost immediately starts trying to resign. She's like, this is torturous. But her Audi has signed her up for this. Like she watches a video of herself saying, I do this of my own volition. And this is what I want to do. And she seems to not let herself quit. Like, if you want to resign, your innie has to submit a resignation request and the Audi has to approve it. And she keeps (laughs) denying herself. Oh, geez. And it's like, She's two separate people. And it's every episode that I've seen so far, she keeps trying to do more and more dramatic things to escape and they keep not letting her. The other thing is the work itself seems really weird. Like you have very, very old computer technology and they're just given like a set of numbers on a screen and they have to decide how the numbers make them feel. And then they categorize the numbers into different folders that represent different emotions. Oh. So it's really unclear what the company even does, manufactures, or is involved in, why it has to be so secretive. So their explanation to Heli is, well, it's all encoded. And so we don't have, we don't really know what we're doing. So it's encoded data that we are processing and sorting, Hmm. but they don't know what it's for. Yeah. So there's layer upon layer of security here. And there's other interesting characters. Their boss um, is played by Patricia Arquette, and she seems to have one identity in the office, but then she's also 
Mark's next door neighbor with a different identity. So it's oh. unclear if it's unclear if she's severed or not. She's yes. her personality is extremely different in both environments. Wow. And there's also this mysterious character named Bert, played by Christopher Walken, and he's in a different department at the company, but he has this strange connection to Irving, and whenever they encounter each other, it seems like you wonder if they're like a couple on the outside, even. Mm. So that's very mysterious. But it's an amazing cast. There's also Yule Vasquez plays Petey, who is... He used to be in the department and he was severed, but he has abruptly disappeared. And Heli is actually his replacement in the department. There's always four people in this little department. Okay. And Petey actually gets to Mark in his Audi identity and tries to get him to, like, decide to be reintegrated. Mm. And there's some mysterious stuff there. So, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's saying a lot about the nature of industrial or, like, in the in the work life balance environment, post industrial office life, the series was created by Dan Erickson, and most of the most of the episodes are directed by Ben Stiller. Oh, and there's just a really neat aesthetic that's a weird mixture of like mid century, post mid century modernism and contemporary or, or near future. The mix of old and new technology is sort of arbitrary and strange, and it's got a really beautiful aesthetic, but it's also very creepy. Parts of it remind me of Mr. Robot or even a Wes Anderson film. And it's, but like I said, there are really, really funny moments, and there's a lot of Hmm. quirky, weird things about The Office that make you wonder what's going on. It's like I would almost liken it to the sitcom The Office. But it's set in the same universe as A Clockwork Orange or something. (laughs) So it's just like taking something really familiar and making it uncanny, disturbing, like wrong. Hmm. But I think it's making a commentary about we should think that corporate America is kind of wrong. Like there's a lot about our personalities we are supposed to kind of suppress when we're at work and vice versa. And it's really hard to shut off that, especially now with like working from home at at certain times and things, it's really hard to make a clear division between work and home. Mm -hmm. And like, part of me is like, I would do that. That sounds great. But I know that's not the right answer. Yeah. Like, like I don't necessarily want to be thinking about work when I'm not at work. But then you're also enslaving a portion of your brain. Yeah. Like there's this created person that you've made who then knows nothing about life outside of that office who never sees the sun who never gets to experience a weekend or a holiday or sleep it's just like they they think of themselves as waking up in the office and shutting off at the office and they reawaken back at work again yes so yeah well that sounds interesting uh a little (laughs) yeah a little creepy yeah. How many episodes is it? Um, so far, it's four. They're deploying it weekly. So it comes out on, I think it's late Thursday nights. Um, and there's four episodes out so far. I'm not sure how long the whole season's going to be. But I think it's already been picked up for a season two. It's doing okay. really well. And Adam Scott is really great. I mean, he gets to play, because we see him in both environments, he really gets to play a gamut of really disparate emotional states, which is really... I think some top-notch acting there. So cool. Yeah. 
well, I, I might check it out. I might, I think, I think I will, but I think I want to wait until it's all, all the whole season's out. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been getting into a show that I was watching and I enjoyed, but I kind of got a little bit behind on. So yeah. tell me what's going on on Big Sky. Yeah. I picked this up because a couple of weeks ago I was like on a mystery kick. <laughs> but I didn't have anything left. So Hulu recommended this to me. And I was like, okay, I will watch an episode on my lunch break and see how it goes. <laughs> and I wasn't sure how I felt about it until the end of the episode where something very surprising happens. And yes. I was like, <laughs> what? And I was like, ooh, I need to, I need to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> So I think I'm actually only on like episode 12 oh, okay. of the first season. So I'm not that far into it. And it's two seasons so far. I think the second one is currently airing. Mm -hmm. Yep. But you could find the episodes on Hulu. And it is about, it's set in Montana. It is based on a series of books called The Highway by C.J. Box. And it is created by David E. Kelly, who's known for things like Big Little Lies and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's awesome. He's married to Michelle Pfeiffer. Is he really? Yeah. I had no idea. And uh, <laughs> he's like old school, like longtime TV showrunner and creator. He's done so much. So it's, yeah. But Big Little Lies, I think, is some of his best work. Yeah. I know he's been around for a while, but like I couldn't think of anything else off the top of my head. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, so it stars Catherine Winnick as Jenny Hoyt, who is an ex-cop, and she's married to but separated from Cody Hoyt, who's played by Ryan Philippe. Philippe. <laughs> I think it's Philippe. I'm not, yeah. Some, yes. That, yes. that dude. That dude. Reese, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's ex-husband. Yeah. <laughs> and Cody and Cassie Duell, who is played by Kylie Bunbury, they own a private investigation agency called Duel and Hoyt. And Jenny sometimes does, since she was an ex-cop, she sometimes does some freelance work for them. And when the series opens, Jenny and Cody are separated and Cody is involved with Cassie, which Jenny uh, is not a fan of. And I think like this was the stuff that they promoted when the series was first coming out. And I was like, I don't, that seems like too much interpersonal drama. I don't really want to watch it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But because of things that happen, in the first episode, I was like, ooh, let me see how this plays out. And what I really like about it... Oh, well, let, maybe let's get into the the mystery first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Okay, so basically, Jenny and Cody have a, like, 16-year-old son named Justin, and his girlfriend and her sister are driving from like Colorado, I think, or somewhere to Montana to visit him. And they don't show up as planned. So Jenny and Cody 
go out and look for them. And you know, as the audience, that they have been kidnapped by a trucker. And the trucker has also kidnapped a woman named Jerry, who... Uh... Sex worker. She's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They So the three women are captured. They're held together in like a cargo shipping container. Um, so as you're following Cody and Jenny and Cassie, like trying to find these girls, you also know where they are and you know who has kidnapped them. The trucker is named Ron Ronald. He's played by Brian Garrity. Mm-hmm. And he has an accomplice named Rick Ligarski, played by John Carroll Lynch. And he Rick is a Montana Highway Patrol officer. And you see Rick interacting with Cody and Jenny and Cassie and trying to throw them off the scent. So you get a lot of like, you're actually privy to a lot as the viewer, which I think is an interesting tactic because there are moments where you're like, yes, they're going to get them. They're going to solve it. And then something happens to throw them off. And it's like, it's a very suspenseful build up and then disappointment. So I think it's, I think it's interesting. Um, how far did you get in it? So season one kind of has two halves to it and mm-hmm. they do kind of wrap this mystery up sort of mid season. And I got a little farther into the second mystery, but I wasn't as drawn in by that one. So I kind of stalled out sort of three quarters of the way through season one, I guess. They do overlap a little bit. So you do kind of get a little pulled into the second one. But but yeah, I thought this first arc was really compelling to the point where I kind of sometimes wanted to watch more than one in a night. Like it was really good. There is a little bit of campiness to it, like a very slight campiness. And I don't know how to interpret that because it's a little soapy, Mm -hmm. I guess. And it does rely a lot on some big shocks now and again. There's several surprising deaths that come out of nowhere that I think are done really effectively, but it is a little bit, in some ways, it's a little cheap, like... Like, they do rely on that a couple of times. Um, I also really like Denise Brisbane, played by Dee Dee Pfeiffer, who is Michelle Pfeiffer's sister, who is apparently Davy Kelly's sister-in-law. So anyway. I had no idea. Yeah. She's the receptionist at the detective agency. And she kind of, through season one, gets a little bit more to do. So she's almost like an associate investigator herself. But she mostly stays in the office. Yeah. And she's just real funny and sassy and... I enjoy her. <laughs> I think it's great when so Cassie and Jenny start to work together and uh-huh. they are very <laughs> rash uh-huh. and they, they'll come up with plans and Denise will be like, no, you can't, you can't, you can't do, do that. that. <laughs> and they're yeah. just like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. She's like their practical but kooky older sister type, mm-hmm. I yeah. think. And, they, and they're very hot headed and very... <laughs> frenemies for obvious reasons right like it's clear they probably used to be friendly associates until this sort of you know love triangle developed and stuff Mm -hmm. and i actually really think john carroll lynch as rick even though he's in it he's a villain 
as an actor, he does a really good job with that role. He's incredibly creepy. Yeah. He's very upsetting. And also the guy who plays Ron is also pretty creepy. And I don't know if you've gotten to see Ron's mom, Helen, yet. Yes. Played by Valerie Mahaffey. That is... A very sort of psycho Bates Motel-esque relationship between mother and son. It's yeah. really upsetting. Um, so, And um, Jerry, played by Jesse James Keitel, is delightful and mm-hmm. very good. And I think that character is done really sensitively. Um, she's a trans woman. And even though this is sort of northern wilderness Montana, people are mostly very chill about it. And I like that. Mm-hmm. But there are still some, you know, things about the way her character is treated occasionally that are upsetting. But I think she does some good job kind of triumphing over that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think what's really interesting about this show is there's actually a really big emphasis on female agency. Yeah. Like, you kind of think Cody's going to be the main character, but then it turns into Jenny and Jenny and Cassie's relationship and how that evolves and plays out. And I do really like them together because <laughs> they sort of bicker a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But they still respect each other. Yes. And you have Denise and you have the three girls, Danielle and Grace and Jerry, who are all captured together. And they're constantly like trying to get out and trying to learn more about Ron and use that against him. And then Rick's wife, whose name I cannot remember. Oh, Marilee. Brooke Smith. Yeah. Plays Marilee, Rick's wife. And I think, I think her part was really interesting too. I don't want to give too much away, but even though there are bad men in the world, I think this show is very much like focused on how women can survive that mm-hmm. and they survive it with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Yes. hundred percent agreed. I want to mention Brooke Smith, her, she's been in a ton of stuff. She's veteran, veteran character actress, Brooke <laughs> Smith, but one of her first roles was as the Buffalo Bills victim in Silence of the Lambs. Mm. So I feel like in some ways this is, you could almost imagine this character being the adult version of that girl okay, and continuing to kind of triumph over bad men doing bad things. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's also really like it's I think this is filmed in Canada, but the the kind of panorama, the nature, seeing the, the literal big sky country, um, it's really pretty. Like it it's is. it's lovely. And so. I don't know. This might be a good early spring show to get back into, kind of pretend that it's nice enough to go outside and do <laughs> nature things, even if you're also fighting human traffickers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And sometimes they ride horses, which is fun. They do. Yes. Yes. I like that. So yeah, it's actually a it's a diverse cast. Um, it's a big cast. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good for people who like kind of crime shows, mysteries, but also soap operas, because it does get very soapy occasionally. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That makes me want to get back into it. I think I will. Yeah, I think I'm about at the same point where you started to trail off. Because Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm into the second mystery. And there's some holdover from the first, which is keeping me going. 
but mm-hmm. yeah, I I'm sort of like, how are these two gonna connect? And I'm I want to find out. So yeah, yeah, cool. Well, next week we're talking about three more TV shows: <laughs> <laughs> The Tourist, Naomi, and The Missing. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. And you can find the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. If you want to email us, you can do that at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. You can also find the show's website at positivelypopculture.com. And from there, you can find the link to the merch store. And please rate us and review us. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.